Welcome to Medicine Mondays, bringing you wisdom to elevate your consciousness and co-create planetary healing together for the next seven generations. All right, we have Jose Munoz, who is a Mayan daykeeper on the line, and he is a daykeeper of the Mayan calendar for the Mayan Chorti, Kiche, Mam, and Kachikel people. I hope I'm saying that right. Additionally, Jose is the carrier of the spoken word of Mayan history from the years 1444 to 1529, for which he works in what he calls the Northern Territories, which range from Guatemala to the west of Alaska and east of Montreal. Jose Thank you so much for being on the show today, and it's such an honor to have you and to hear your perspectives on things um, in Western culture. So thank you for being here. Yeah, Nana, uh, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, yes, let's uh, let's bring some information and send some of those records straight if we can today, otherwise we're gonna to have to make a mini series of this dialogue for people to uh, come and see a different perspective that is not written anywhere. And uh, yeah, let's uh, highly appreciate for your vision. And um, I know there's a lot of uh, brothers and sisters out there that will tap into this dialogue and uh, we'll see uh, the highest intention of it all. Thank you. Mm, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're we're birthing this new world together. Um, I wanted to make sure. Am I was I saying your ancestry correctly? Is there? Could you correct me on the pronunciation? I want to make sure that it's said in the correct way. Yeah, the 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 Shorty uh, tribe. That's uh, who I will say that I can bring the most representation of. Uh, this is this is the tribe of. Uh, who built the pyramids along what is now called Honduras and Guatemala is called Copan. And that's where uh, actually all the records actually, like they said in the Western world, they, they are actually written in stones. If anyone wants to, some evidence, they are written in stone over there. And then the other tribes, I don't work with them. So I have carried, uh, delivered their messages. Some of them very prominent uh, speakers from the Mayan world, uh, like an example, I can quote um, um, our grand elder of the uh, United Nations tribes. His name is Tata Cirilo, or uh, also known as Wandering Wolf. I, I carry a lot of his messages. And uh, so he is from the Kiche, uh, Kachikel uh, tribe. And there's subdivisions of this. So that's the pronunciation is always appreciated how. Um, you're, you're even mindful of that. But uh, yeah, uh, Maya or Mayev, it just simply means people. So you are Mayev, I'm Mayev I am Mayev, and we're all one. Mm. I'm Lakesh. I'm Lakesh. Yes, beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, you know, since saying I'm Lakesh, a lot of us have heard it. Um, I believe there's even a company that has used it as a name. And I would love for you to share your interpretation of that so that our listeners could know what that actually means. Yeah, we actually uh, came out with a chant not too long ago, a few 
few thousand years ago, we started chanting, uh, I'm Lakesh, I'm Lakesh, you are Lakesh, we are Lakesh. So, I'm Lakesh really just means, it, it's actually a poem, a long poem that reminds us uh, 13 times that we are part of each other. And, but it's not just regarding to the human nation, it regards to everything that exists in the universe. As we acknowledge the spirits uh, habitating each and everything that we see and co-create and uh, even the inanimate that ones that don't move or anything that uh, is, exists in the universe, we acknowledge as Imlakesh because we are all part of it. Uh, we are dust, stardust, we can say. And that makes us part of everything that exists. So that's uh, from that short T Mayan perspective is to you are me and I am you. And we're saying that to everything that exists. Mm, thank you so much. I, I have had um, that come through myself in meditation um, before I even heard it from anywhere. So those words I feel like are, um, they're just very ancient and I'm really grateful to for you to be able to relay that message to everybody. And one of the main reasons I had you on was to not only um, share your wisdom and your information that you carry, um, but really prompted by Columbus Day, because Columbus Day is, you know, there's a lot of pain and wounding that has taken place in the indigenous communities around this, this holiday and we're reclaiming it as Indigenous Peoples Day. And you are the daykeeper for the year um, 1444 to 1529. And so that falls right into the time window of when Columbus came to the Americas, um, documented. So I'm curious your perspective on uh, Columbus coming to America and what your views are on that. Yeah, I wanted to say I acknowledge the fact that, um, you know, sometimes we plan things and then things don't uh, work out or they don't click or happen the way we want them. And the universe has a different plan for us, usually, when that doesn't happen. So I want to acknowledge that fact that we tried to get connected the other day and it just couldn't happen. And today, of course, is the actual day of the celebration in the Western world of Columbus Day. So it was meant to happen exactly today. I was earlier uh, speaking with my Sapara brothers in the, uh, uh, the Dream World Keepers of the Amazons earlier today. And uh, yeah, they, they were um, saying how that communication is going to work throughout uh, the last few days. But today, everybody's getting through phone calls, email, everything is getting through. So. For this particular reason, I also wanted to send um, a thank you note to all the people who took part of the uh, Arab Spring in uh, the Middle East and then brought it here to uh, New York City and became the Occupy uh, Wall Street and then uh, brought it back to the East Coast to everywhere, everywhere around the world. and we. Utilized that to take over the Civic Center of downtown Los Angeles. And it was through that that the uh, conversation started about declaring an autonomous nation, which we did. Uh, we have this little two by two meter square downtown LA that became an, an indigenous nation where we did a sacred sage 
smudging to everyone. And it's, it was through that that became the um, idea of declaring the Indigenous Day. So thank you to all of those millions who participated from the Irish Spring to Wall Street to occupy the world in peace. It was because of all of that that we now have Indigenous Day in this side of the world. So the Indigenous Day is really um, how I see it and become now as a, a celebration of the people. It took millions, thousands, and then finally count down to the decision makers that it is the right thing to do. But it is an example of what collectively we can do together. We can change literally anything that is not for the highest good, as long as we uh, unite in balance, in peace and joy and in harmony, we can do a lot of really beautiful stuff. So this is an example to us that uh, from now on, we celebrate the People's Day, not uh, Columbus Day. I'm sure Columbus, um, as we see it from the Maya Tea tribe, he plays his role in history and, and he served the purpose. Uh, so we also acknowledge that, that everything that has happened to humanity has led us to where we are now. So in our view, there is no right or wrong. We all play our part in uh, the interwoven of what we co-create. And so now we're here in celebration and, and it's a good thing. Uh, whatever happened had to happen for us to be here today. And I'm probably gonna keep going back to that point a few times uh, in our dialogues because that's something that uh, I feel people should have the choice to embrace, not to impose that way of thinking, but have a choice to embrace the fact that whatever it is that we're going through is because we made those choices and whatever it is that we're going to come in on to because we have decided to make those choices to be here. So it is a celebration, still a celebration. Some people might still call it Columbus Day. They might be, uh, going to the uh, Santa Anita racetrack and eating hot dogs, and that's all good. That's their journey. And uh, some of us are doing this sacred ceremonies all around the world, and that's our journey. So um, ultimately, we embrace everything and everyone, just like the word we say. Emlakesh, we also practice what we say, Emlakesh. Beautiful, thank you so much. I feel the same um, outlook. And it's really, uh, it's really good to know that you, you have that same um, outlook of that we are experiencing all of the things that we're experiencing now because of where we've been. And in that message, it's all, there's a divine plan and there's a sense of trust. And um, I, it's really important for me to be really sensitive to the people that are, you know, under direct cultural racism today still and uh, in my perspective all I know is my perspective and so being able to hear that from you means a lot to me because I'm perceived as a you know mixed but predominantly white woman in society and so I recognize that there is a part of me that gets that privilege and so it's really important for me to recognize and honor you know, other people of color and to, and to get these different perspectives. But from the Mayan standpoint, you know, we, we are one and we are connected and this is all happening in the divine plan. So I, 
I would love to talk with you about the calendar that you carry. You carry the Sixth Sun calendar. Can you explain what the Sixth Sun calendar is? Uh, the Sixth Sun calendar is uh, an invitation for all the brothers and sisters to remember how to see time in a cyclical manner, how we can acknowledge to see the past, the present, and the future all happening at the same time. Uh, there's a purpose for that. And uh, again, everything that we talk about is an invitation to do it. It's not imposing what we know, what we believe, but rather uh, sharing. Uh, it, it's not, I don't even call it teachings. It's sharing what we know so people can make that uh, autonomous choice, the free will choice to maybe explore uh, some of what we say and what we bring, or maybe even uh, dive deep into it. And either way, we are uh, prepared and ready to share all these um, technologies that come with a six sun calendar. So first is an invitation to um, see past, present, and future at the same time. Uh, second is a navigational system for uh, human DNA or human design or however you wanna call a way of seeing the future before it happens and then uh, adjust it accordingly. So when you get to the future, it's already amazing and beautiful. So it's a navigational system. It's also a way of utilizing uh, 23 systems of ancient astronomy and astrology to define and redefine and redefine again uh, because it's always evolving. Uh, the purpose of what we have in this new life in this planet that we chose to live in, uh, Mothership Earth, uh, is a, um, a way of finding your purpose, if you will. Uh, your soul purpose, your spirit purpose, your body purpose, your mind purpose, all of it derived from what we call the moment of conception rather than uh, most astronomy and astrologies that the world is aware of. They define that from the moment of birth. The six-on calendar allows us to go a little deeper, so we start from the moment of conception. And uh, so it's a, in plain terms, it's a tool of uh, future astrology that we now have available for everyone. Uh, this is a co-creation of, uh, again, 23 systems of astronomy and astrology from ancient and present and future times. But it came into the reality of the 3D world by uh, a way of putting together Tibetan, Hopi, and Maya elders together. Those are the elders who actually deliberated uh, through thousands of years all the way through 1987, what uh, most people know as uh, cosmic conversion. But it was then that this system was delivered uh, to humanity and it, it was put away for a while until they found the right um, carrier. And then after that, uh, the carrier decided that he didn't want to carry it, so it just fell on my lap by um, divine authority and also by my birthright and my type of blood and many other factors that they considered before they gifted it to me. So now it's here for everyone. Mm, thank you so much for that. Wow. I've read in books about the connection between the Tibetans and the Hopi and the Maya at it speaks about the connection in Atlantis. Do you have any insights on um, on Atlantis or that they were connected in that time? 
Uh, yeah, that's another thing that um, when you consider the Maya tribes, we have uh, over 132 tribes, languages spoken and villages still thriving just in Guatemala alone. So a lot of us, those tribes, they have our individual creation story. And um, from my perspective, the, the short T tribe is like the oldest cosmology within the Mayan uh, people. And that put us back to the original uh, founders of this planet, roughly about uh, 294 trillion years uh, ago. So from there, uh, we acknowledge many species and many uh, tribes coming and going to this planet throughout space and time. And within that, the shorter creation story is uh, uh, today, uh, it's been uh, 66,000 years, 66,230 years and uh, nine months and 12 days today, counting day by day by day uh, by the Shorty tribes, which uh, where I came from. So Atlantis, that's uh, one of the, uh, uh, the territories that we, we inhabited, uh, all of us. And when I say all of us, it's uh, most of the known world at that time, 66,000 years ago. And uh, we, as the uh, tribe, we were uh, expecting catastrophes at that time uh, from the sky. There was uh, a lot of uh, anxiety and, and fear about uh, large objects coming from the sky and destroying uh, what our habitat was. But then it was actually earthquakes that uh, brought the whole island into the ocean and divided. Uh, and the pieces, the tribes were ready. So again, every time these cataclysms come around, um, elders, wisdom keepers come together and they deliberate what to do to uh, move forward in not just surviving, but thriving and keeping uh, the balance among nature and everything else. So at that time, they decided to send uh, 13 tribes into uh, 13 different directions, including three tribes going into space. Uh, space and time as we know the universe and then uh, many other tribes went across the world including one that came to Egypt and founded what we now call uh, ancient Egypt uh, the Sumerians and then um, uh, other tribes that came to establish uh, what we now call ancient China and Japan Korea that area and then of course uh, uh, the Kakchikel that came through what we call the stepping stone islands through the Atlantic Ocean and uh, came into what is now called uh, Guatemala. So different tribes went all around the world and reestablished copies of <clears throat> what we had in Atlantis. And that's uh, physical evidence still today shows that a lot of the technologies, building pyramids and building cities are exactly the same or copies of uh, what we used to have uh, 66,000 years ago. Wow. So are you saying, you mentioned capitalism before. Were you saying that capitalism was part of, of Atlantis? Um, Did I yeah. hear you correctly? Uh-uh. Okay. I, you, I thought I heard capitalism. I'm sorry. I must have been a connection. You had a little, uh, there was a little distort, distortion in the, um, in the message there for a second. The capitalism, that was founded by Scott in Scotland. After the feudal, the feudal fights with the, the peasants and the, uh, the people who kept them numb and, and illiterate and, 
uh, not very wise. And then Scott from Scotland, he's the one who started it all, well, this time around with the capitalism. Interesting. I didn't know that it came from Scotland. Yep. Very interesting. Um, so what is your trajectory? You've been talking about um, your mission here. I'd love for you to share with us, um, those of us listening, um, your world peace trajectory that you're on, your campaign, if you will. Yep. Um, the Cure mission is really just to, uh, to deliver the message of um, unity, uniting tribes, uniting community around the world, uh, wherever uh, there is a space for me to speak and and just listen to the local community. That's what uh, what uh, the actual mission behind the mission is: is to unite the people again. Uh, through that, I have this uh, gifted this mission of building a uh, hundred. Mayan 600 calendars around the planet. And those are uh, uh, buildings or etheric buildings, etheric technologies, which is simple way to explain it is uh, we, we build it, we pray on it, then we take it, but the space remains there. That's the etheric still there. And information on the leaf of a tree that we were there uh, in that particular space. The actual 3D building might um, last 100 years, at least that's the, the aim that we do it. And it's basically a space for grandmothers and grandfathers to come and teach the new generations. And that means every wisdom that's available around the world uh, will be invited to come and teach their lessons, teach their, uh, share their wisdoms through the children with the children and anyone else who wants to learn. Uh, it's like almost like a non-denominational, uh, it's the people. Everyone is invited to assist, everyone is invited to learn, and everyone is invited to learn for free, basically. Uh, you know, maintaining a, just a, a very minimum of uh, the ancient way that Wisdom Keeper comes, shows up and the community supports it. That's the idea of the dream catchers. Uh, these are called uh, by many names, but uh, the main idea is Six Sun Mayan Calendar Dream Catcher. Uh, it is a manifestation station and uh, what I also call a human uh, research station, which you literally walk in there and you are reset uh, mentally, spiritually, and sometimes even physically, according to the latest reports from the three that we have already built. One in Santa Ines uh, by the Schumann Reservation, uh, one at Standing Rock in uh, um, South Dakota, and uh, one by the Reno South Lake Tahoe area. And I'm, I'm getting some really beautiful uh, feedback from people who are utilizing the place already as a unity, uh, sacred place to go to. The reason we're building this is for, again, for keeping the wisdoms uh, alive and uh, the teachings alive from all nations. But it's also, we acknowledge that we're on a path to what we call the, the year 2036, where many different events may or may not happen according to the prophecies, depending what we do about it. And so it will be a place of gathering of survivors in case there is an, uh, a big event that we will uh, wipe out humanity 70, 80%. 
And these are places where we already know exist the dream catchers, research stations. Those would be places for gathering for the people. And just to clarify the year that you said, there was a little um, distortion in the in the field again. It was 2026 or 2036? Uh, 2036. 2036. 36. So there may or may not be some sort of event that comes and changes humanity um, in one way or another. Uh, yeah, you can feel it. You can see it. Uh, Changes are happening physically, mentally, and spiritually to humans. Uh, just yesterday, we had a wave of really unrelated and mysterious behavior and attitude changing in a lot of people. And, and some, some people uh, went to the online sources and <clears throat> we realized that there was, uh, it wasn't just us here in LA or around the world, this wave of. Um, uh, changing mood and behaviors uh, that are happening more often. So these are the changes. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be a huge earthquake and uh, kill everyone. It might be actually from within, spiritual or maybe a bacteria or maybe uh, mental diseases. Uh, we're getting uh, uh, more codependent on, on, uh, on, on drugs, whether you call it uh, 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 conventional drugs, illegal drugs, or even the medicines that people are ingesting around the world, uh, the intention of them is causing uh, a lot of people to um, quote-unquote misbehave or not be uh, for the highest good. So all these changes between now and 2036, uh, it may be one or two or three or all of it. You know, if people are living in areas where there's earthquakes, there will be earthquakes. If people are living in areas where there is a drought, there will be mass drought and so on. Anything that people that <clears throat> consider as disaster or bad or negative, it might be coming in a really big way between now and 2036. And these are all numbers. I see a black and white clear. So uh, to me, again, everything happens because it needs to happen for evolution for the highest good, so it's not bad. Uh, it's all part of what we uh, are walking into. It's part of what we sign up for uh, to come and assist and be part of it and help. So it's not, it's not like a doomsday prophecy. It's just things are gonna happen or not, and then uh, we'll go from there when that happens, if it happens. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that because a lot of people have a tendency to reach for fear, and I really sense in you the message of unconditional love and the, the highest good of the all. And I really appreciate that because it's, it's, it's easy for people to go into fear and sometimes it's harder to go into love. But once you, once you get rooted in that unconditional love, it becomes easier, I've noticed, to, to gravitate back towards it. And yeah, I feel, I feel uh -huh. that, uh, you know, all, all fears are based on the fear of death and that's religion instilled that pretty really good in people's mind and body and spirit. So in the Mayan world, we see death, we actually celebrate that. You know, we, we are grateful for another step into evolution. And, and yeah, it's sad because uh, you lose someone you love or, or uh, you know, you were so used to it. But when you think about it, if the person who passed away, they're usually in peace. So it's, uh, it's referring to the, the need that we have as humans to be happy. And since we're not happy, we start crying. But it's not really mourning 
the person who left, it, it's almost like being selfish because you can't see them anymore. So it's all again uh, based on the primal fear of death, fear of transformation. And we always say in the man world, you know, as soon as you lose that last little bit of fear, then you can accomplish anything you want, anything that's for the highest good because fearless, then you are willing to jump into the unknown and uh, willing to do whatever it takes to fulfill your mission. That brings me back to the uh, um, following the calendars, knowing where you're coming from, where you are and where you're going, then it makes it a little easier to, uh, to step into the highest good of the unknown. So, um, yeah, it's not anything and everything that we practice is not to instill fear for sure. Rather, it's just information. Still, in the um, Western society, even this, what we're talking about, is still a system. So you still need to believe or not. And that brings me to the point where we, when you believe, there's still room for doubt. So if you really are interested in learning the systems deeply, then uh, we need to make the switch where we stop believing and we start knowing because this is the only way where we can step more forward in a really at the highest uh, space of good intentions. And again, even after all of that, <clears throat> I still um, need to acknowledge that the fact that this is my perception, this is what I know, this is my truth. So it's just really information. You do what you want with it. Exactly. I always like to share that as well. You know, take what you like and leave the rest. And I really, you know, something really clicked when you said that we're moving from believing to knowing. And that's where we really push through uh, that clear sentience, that, that essence of just knowing that we are doing what we're meant to do and the steps to take to go there I really resonate with that so thank you for sharing that message beautiful thank you you're also a crystal skull guardian and I have been connecting with the crystal people for quite some time and I've just started working with skulls I would like to ask you what uh how did you get into being a crystal skull guardian and what does that mean to you what do the crystal skulls mean well, you know, crystals, as we now have a lot of information in them. Um, so I first, um, I was uh, taking a ride to uh, um, New Jersey one time. I was going to go visit uh, my family in Montreal. And uh, these people gifted me a crystal skull that they say they have bought for $8 in Argentina and Brazil border. But then uh, they brought it to their country in Japan and they, people over there say that that was something different. That was not just a piece of crystal. So they sent it back to this land trying to find the right guardian. And uh, that's how I, uh, by simply having a conversation and, and answering questions from these people, I guess I was the right guardian for it. So they gifted that to me. And uh, I always treated it as my uh, part of me, you know, I'm like Kesha, like Kim. Uh, so we um, traveled together, we did ceremonies together, mainly ceremonies for world peace, uh, including one uh, in uh, South Korea in 2014. So I it for over 20 years until uh, 2012, I tried to give it to elders. Uh, they 
wouldn't take it. Travel some more everywhere. Uh, always ceremony. It's a ceremony item. That's what they mean to me. In the meanwhile, I uh, also was gifted three more that came from Mongolia, which I now carry. They're called uh, Love, Peace, and Harmony. And um, the original that I carry, her name is Kame or Kame Simi. And it's a really a very powerful uh, uh, individual, I will say, that carries a lot of information. And anyone who comes across it may want to open their heart and mind to receive messages. And so after a while, um, through dreams and visions, I um, tried to give it again to somebody and they finally she has accepted it. And so I passed that on after uh, I cared since 1992. So I now have uh, um, love, peace and harmony and uh, within my realm and I share them freely every time I do ceremonies. Usually one or two or maybe all three come with me. And um, then... Uh, that's what they are to me. They are ceremonial items. They're very wise individuals, uh, have their own identity, and they share information in a way that's subtle, you know, tapping uh, tap into global consciousness. And the people who are ready for this kind of information, they will have no um, restriction in getting information from these items. So thank you for uh, being part of, the, of it all. And uh, yeah, the crystals and crystal skulls they all have their own individual identity that if they came to you is that's the reason you either call out for it or in ancient times or even in the future you were in the future and you sent it back to this time to yourself so that's another uh, discipline that we know uh, is a uh, practice that we do we go back into the future and we send ourselves the items that we need in this time around to uh, fulfill our mission we also go into the passing we do the same thing and by the way you're doing this we also bring in the new medicines and the new healings that we now have accomplished we bring that to the past and our future so when we do these practices we actually healing uh, all timelines mm, wow just need to take a breath to soak all that in <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have seen elders place crystal skulls on the third eye to communicate. Um, is that how you communicate with them? It's one of the ways for sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, that's one of my practices. I do that with crystals and crystal skulls and any other sacred items that I come across. I recently uh, was gifted some uh, sacred items from the Dogon people, the peoples of the cliffs in, in Africa. And man, they, they're very chatty. <laughs> they're very chatty. They're very, very talkative. This is one of the items that I got. It's uh, pretty, like I didn't know what to say even, you know, when, <laughs> when uh, I got it, it's really, uh, to me, wow. it's, it's like a crystal skull. There's so much prayer into it, so much beauty and, uh, we now have plan uh, to build a dream catcher in the land uh, sometime soon. Wow, over in Africa. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, wow, that is, that is huge. So is it's a necklace with the shape of a man? Is that uh, what it is? He's like a, it looks like it's like a person or? Yeah, it's a medicine person, but you know, in this practice, there's no man or woman, it's just, yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your medicine. It is such an honor to to sit with you and to have this dialogue and um, truly, truly to receive the messages that you have been uh, sharing with us, with the people. If people want to get a hold of you, um, I know that you do Mayan calendar readings for people. Do you do you do that through long? Somebody called my phone. I want to make an invitation. Anyone who wants a reading, uh, you can uh, send me a text to uh, 323-670-9310 or an email to uh, unitylovepeace33 at gmail.com. And we can do a, a Mayan astrology reading, six sun readings, and uh, there's um, a lot of things that we can do once you decide to bring this uh, way of living into your daily life. Yeah, there's, uh, I'm available to do that for the people. That's actually one of my labels or nicknames is uh, a spiritual guy for the people at Nachtig from Guatemala. Yeah. But uh, also, I want to invite everyone to come and join us and build the schools of thought, the schools of wisdoms, the dream catchers, manifestation stations. The next one is going to be uh, in uh, December in Los Angeles. So you can, uh, uh, all of you can join us. Send me a note uh, that you are uh, willing and able to participate in. There's many levels of participation. And then uh, there's going to be built... Uh, in the springtime, and the spring equinox, we're going to build um, the uh, catchers in Phoenix. There's three coming to the Phoenix area and one to New Mexico in June. And then you know, if you want to get more adventures, there's going to be more built in Central and South America and then uh, uh, all over Asia, Africa, Europe, uh, and France. And Athens, that's in the works already. So there's... Um, a good uh, amount of activities that uh, someone wants to jump in or just uh, help with prayers and support, please do. Just, uh, I'll be here. And um, thank you for the opportunity to share the, the news. It's a good news. Let's unite in balance, in joy, in peace, and in harmony. Mm, that's right. Thank you so much. And you're going to be doing a ceremony on November 9th, correct? Uh, yes, that's um, I'm helping or assisting my brothers and sisters actually doing a festival in Guatemala, the Pyramas and Tikal. So um, we're going to do a cacao ceremony for the people in uh, Culver City uh, that are getting together and um, talking more about more information on that particular festival, the Minor Heart Festival <clears throat> that is happening at the end of the year in uh, the towns of Tikal and uh, Washington, where... Uh, the astronomical center is uh, for learning the calendar. So any information on that, maybe uh, come and uh, meet the organizers, come and meet the uh, change makers like yourself and everyone else that is involved in this new co-creation of beauty. Mm. Well, I will definitely be there and I'll be seeing you there and anybody else that's in the LA area, you are invited to, to join us and to um, help with the next uh, Dreamcatcher build 
that's happening and contact Jose if you want to get your Mayan calendar, Sixth Sun calendar reading. Um, he is a very uh, connected wisdom keeper, as you can tell. And uh, once again, his email is, can you say your email and phone number one more time? It's uh, unitylovepeace33 at gmail. And, and your phone number one more time, just for the people listening? It's 323-670-9310. Uh, Perfect. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining me for another Magical Medicine Mondays. Thank you so much, Jose, for sharing your medicine. And I will be catching you next time with another Wisdom Keeper. Many blessings to you. Aho, matakoyasin. Matyosh. Wakashka, wajasin. Okay.